Okay, we're now going to start talking about the Rabbonus of Reb Hillel So the Mittal Rebbe appointed Reb Hillel to become the Chassidah Shirav in Parich. And he was still relatively young at the time. And a Misnagid in the town wanted to disqualify him, saying that Reb Hillel was unqualified for the position. And in those days, many communities had a Minog that a new Rav would publicly say a pilpul. A pilpul is like a, like a dvartaita going back and forth, trying to explain something, going very deep into something. So in order to help the townspeople understand and appreciate the talk, many rabbanim would publicize beforehand what they're going to give a pilpul on. Let's say the malacha of uh, 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 cooking on Shabbos. This way they could prepare, they'll learn a little bit themselves to, so they'll, fami- they'll be familiar with a lot of the terms and that will help them. Now the Masnagid prepared himself very well for the pilpul and he reviewed the Rashi that the pillow said he's going to give a pilpul on and he prepared six very tough questions and he's saying to himself, oh I'll show this young Hasid Shirov that he doesn't know how to learn. So on the day of the pilpul, Shabhilo got up to the bima, and he began his talk, and back and forth he spoke, and every word showing an incredible understanding of the, of the topic, of the subject. So reaching <clears throat> the challenging Rashi, Shabhilo shared a completely new interpretation that left the audience, and especially this Misnagid, completely speechless, like you could hear a pin drop in the shul. And he said, Rapillo said in the speech, in the pilpul, he said, you have to explain it, Rashi, in this way, because if you interpret it the way most people do, then you're going to have seven difficult questions. Now the first six are obvious, but they're able to answer those six. And he started, he, went, he listed the six questions that the Misnagat thought of, and he answered them one by one. But if you go deeper, you'll see that the seventh question is the most problematic. However, according to the way that I explained it previously, all the questions, even the seventh one, don't exist anymore. And uh, this Misnagid no longer felt that Rapillo was uh, undeserving to become the Rav. A few days later, when the great Chassid Baruch Mordechai Babroisk announced his intentions to move to Eretz Yisrael, the city of Babroisk, they let it be known that they needed a Rav to replace him. And the Rebbe went to the middle of the Rebbe and he said that maybe the Mashpia Reb Zalman Zezmer, who, who was the one who convinced the Rebbe to become a Chassid, would be an appropriate replacement for the Rav. The middle of the Rebbe said, you will be the Rav. However, since the middle of the Rebbe wrote to the Baruch Mordechai of Babroisk that his advice is that he shouldn't go to Eretz Yisrael, so the Baruch Mordechai ended up staying in Babroisk. <clears throat> and it was only 30 years later when the Rebbe the Tzemach Sadeh gave his bracha to the Baruch Mordechai that he can go to Eretz Yisrael that he finally left. After much thought on, on the, from the community leaders, Rebbe Hillel was appointed to become the new Rav. Now hearing that their beloved Rav of 30 years was going to be leaving them, the small, Parish was a much smaller city. Babrisk was huge. 
and uh, the, the small city of Parich, they took the city of Babroisk to Bezdin. And they said, Abhilal, the Bezdin, the Bezdin ended off because they said, you're, you're trying to steal our rub from us. And the Bezdin ended off saying, Rabhilo has a right to move. Especially because it's based on the advice of what the Mittler Rebbe said, that one day you're going to be the Rav Mabroisk. However, Rabhilo should spend one month a year going back and forth to Parich. One month. Now remember, he's anyways on the road for five months a year going to Kherson. So that leaves these, and then he's in Lubavitch for half the time, you know, all the other stuff. And so how, how, how much time does he have already? And the Rebillo, for a few years, Hitake kept it up that he went for one month a year, he went to Parich. But when the people of Parich realized how difficult this arrangement was for him, they, they told him, it's okay, we, we love you very much, but we don't want to drive you crazy and, and you don't have to uh, keep coming to us. Just say one more story. <clears throat> like many cities of that time, Parich had two Rabbanim. One Misnag Shalav and one Chasid Shalav. Now one year, just before Sukkot, Rebillah was told that there was a wealthy and very bitter misnagid that he got his hands on an extremely beautiful esrig. And those who saw it described it as the most beautiful esrig they ever saw, even more mehudr than Rebillah's esrig. And knowing Rebillah, uh, we could just imagine the enormous uh, effort that he and his students put into finding a good esrig for him. And this rich guy found a better esrig. Early in the morning on the first day of Yom Tif, Rebillah went to the man's house and he, he knocks on the door. Remember, this guy's a bitter misnagin. And, and, and he opens the door, he sees the chassid shirav standing in his door. And the wealthy Yid immediately opens the door. You know, the fact is, Rebillah's the Rav, right? Even though I'm a misnagin, come in, please. And he's wondering why Rebillah Paracher, well, I don't know if you, they called him that then, but why Rebillah is at his door, why it's coming to him, especially so early in the morning. And he says, is there anything I can do for the Rav? And the Rebillah said, well, I heard you have an extremely mehudr esrug. And I would like to make the brachis and fulfill the mitzvah of Natila Zulav on your... Lulav and Esrig. The man was shocked to hear that Abhilo came just for that reason. And he said it would be my honor to allow the Rav to use it. And he left the room, he returns with the Lulav and Esrig, and with great respect, he gives it to the Abhilo, even before he had a chance to bench from the Lulav and Esrig. Um, and he, they, they went to the Sukkah, and he was just standing there watching the Abhilo make the brachis and oh, the expression on his face right because the first day you say two brachis and uh Rebillo, when he was done he returned the lulav and asrik he thanked the man and he wished him a good yomtif and he left now even though it was early in the morning quite some time before most people would go to a shul for chakras somehow the whole city found out very quickly that a went to this uh, misnagat's house to use his lulav and asrik Everybody was talking that he went there just to make a bracha on the esrug and that was more mahutra than his own. Now when the other Rav, when the Musnagda should have heard what's going on, he decided, well, I should also go make a bracha on the nicest esrug in town. And, but he already made a bracha that morning, so the next morning he goes to the house of the Musnagda. And remember, he's also a Musnagda, the Musnagda should have. And the rich man hearing that his own Rav would like to fulfill the mitzvah on his esrug, 
He says, here, take it. And he gives it to him. It's on the table over there. And the Rav was, chutzpah. When the Rebillo comes to you, the Chassid Shirov, you, you, you treat him much, with much more respect. You, you, you lovingly hand him the Lul of an Esrig. And by me, you're, you're, you know, what kind of thing is this? And, and this Misnagid said, listen, Reb Hillel came to fulfill the mitzvah <clears throat> in the best way possible. Surely, he did everything in his power to find the best esrog he could find. Yet, when he heard that I had a nicer one, he didn't care about the fact that he worked so hard to get his esrog. He wants to do the mitzvah in the most mahudr way possible, in the best way, with my esrog rather than his own. And that I respect. However, yesterday, the, the Rav, meaning he was talking to the, his own Rav, was quite satisfied with his own Esrig. So the only explanation of why the Rav came today is as we say in the Haggadah, Cain Asa Hillel. This is how Hillel did it, right? When it talks about Kairich, the, the sandwich, right? We say Cain Asa Hillel. This is what Hillel did, right? Cain also Hillel, Hillel Parager, right? This is Hillel Parager did it, I have to do it. Meaning you don't really care about the mitzvah. Um, so what's a lesson we can learn out from this story? When we go on Mifzoyim or if, a, if you learn Chitas, Rambam, say for a mitzvah, do you do it uh, just because you have to, because the Rebbe said? Or... Do you do it with a chayas and a geshmak because you know it's the right thing to do?